0: Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles, That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Welcome back to the uh, fourth segment we've done on the fifth chapter of the book of Romans. And we will probably conclude the fifth chapter this week and then move into the sixth chapter of Romans next week. But I want to come back and read a few things to you from the New King James Version Bible. Uh, We did the last segment using the message because I love the verbiage and how he makes it very simple. But I want to put more of an emphasis today on the whole concept of reigning in life by one Christ Jesus, because the message that Jesus preached more than anything, was the gospel of the kingdom. And these apostles talked about the kingdom as well. The gospel of the kingdom is about restoring us back to what our purpose and destiny was. I believe when God created the heavens and the earth, He put man in charge, and that we were destined to reign and to rule. And so as such, there are things that I believe are, are still our responsibilities. And I will go through some of those things as we get into it. Uh, but let me just read to you from, this is, I'm going to read to you the, from the New King James uh, version, and we're, we're going to uh, get down to the reigning part of it. If you've missed any of these programs, let me just say very quickly, and you want to go back and, and watch them again, all you have to do is go to our YouTube channel. You can watch them Again, because we archive everything we air, at least we are doing it right now until, uh, at some point we may use some of this stuff in, in uh, online schooling. So, but they are right now free for you to watch. And also you can go to our uh, podcast, listen to the iTunes version, audio portions of this, or an RSS feed for your Android device. Very easy to do, is go to the link of the website that's on that screen. In the upper right hand corner there are little icons, if you click on them. They will take you directly to our channel and to our podcast and to the RSS feed. If you'd like to, you can subscribe to those channels. They are absolutely free to subscribe to. And every time we upload something new, you can go to that. I also would encourage you, we have something besides that that I probably should talk about more often, and that is we have a digital message of the month. It is a message that I've preached somewhere in the world during that particular month that I think is relevant to the body of Christ in that season. And you can go back there, and if you sign up for that, uh, go to my website to do it, for the message of the month, the digital message of the month, uh, you will be sent automatically, Uh, you will be able to download the message of the month, and it will give you access to a whole archive full of previous message of the month. It's some extra digital content that we put there, and it is a subscription free. But that is also part of our partner base that helps us touch uh, the world through all of the mediums that we use. But go there and do that. I want to begin reading again. This is Romans 5. It said, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly, And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as through one man's sin, death entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sin. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of Adam's transgression was a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment came from one offense, resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Here's the verses I wanted to get to. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive, not achieve, but who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, here's a kingdom word, will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. Now let me uh, just take you back and just talk to you a little bit about, I think, reigning in life. Because the truth of it is, is that, you know, the gospel, again, is not just about getting from here to there. I believe that what we have done is we have preached a message of evacuation, and we really need to preach a message of occupation. The reality of it is, is we've trained people to go to heaven, but we've not trained them to affect the planet. If God gives the earth to uh, Adam in the beginning, and he is to be God's vice-regent in the earth, he is to be to the blue ball called earth, what God was to the invisible realm called heaven, then it was our responsibility to steward the earth. Let me see if I can find uh, uh, the scripture that I had written down concerning that. Uh, uh, Let me see, Uh, there, let me, let me find it here quickly. Psalm 115, Psalm 115 and verse number 16 says this, The highest heaven belongs to the Lord, but the earth He has given to the sons of men. I think about also Psalm 2, when he said, uh, uh, you know, uh, when I consider the moon and the stars and the works of thy fingers, and all that you have created, what is man that you are mindful of him? You made him a little lower than the angels, and gave him dominion and authority. I probably quote not not exactly right. But the, the, the issue that I'm after is that he, he says that when I created this, I had you in the center. What is man that you are mindful of? It? You, you crowned him with glory and honor, and you set him over the works of your hands. Now I realize that that's quoted concerning Jesus later because he restores the reign that Adam lost. He restores us back to our kingly responsibility to reign. The highest heaven belonged to the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. The planet is our responsibility. As kings and priests, what did he say to the Apostle Peter? You're a chosen generation. Watch this. A royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. A royal priest and a king priest after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was uh, known for bringing forth bread and wine. Bread and wine are symbolic of the table of communion. This is my body that was broken for you. To consecrate a priest in the Old Testament, the word consecrate means to fill the hands. The problem is we've got a lot of priests today that are after the order of Levi, not after the order of Melchizedek, and they are preaching from a judgment seat rather than a mercy seat. And they are serving you old covenant concepts and performance rather than bread and wine. This is my body. It was broken for you. Even Jesus says that at the table of communion the night before his decease is the ultimate of the, of the king priest ministry, is, it? is that he would say that not only to uh, uh, the deci- all, just a few disciples, he said it to all of them, including his betrayer, and including Peter who would deny the Lord before the rooster would crow. And what would happen is, is Jesus saying, this is my body, it was broken for you. In other words, even for Peter, I know you're going to fail before the night's over, because at this point, you've not received this incredible life gift, the power of a resurrected life, because it was not available until after His resurrection. So there's going to be failure there. And He went on to tell them, this is my body, it was broken for you. And as you start to serve the bread and wine, which is my body and the blood of Jesus, the finished work of the cross and the reconciliation that I preached about in Romans 5 put something in your hands to serve to humanity is that God is not angry with you anymore. You've been reconciled to God by the death of His Son, now you be reconciled to Him. That's the ministry of reconciliation that God is determining. We're not coming from a judgment seat, we're coming from a mercy seat, and we can come boldly to a, watch this, throne of grace. Hebrews, the fourth chapter says. We can come boldly to a throne of grace, not a throne of judgment, and receive mercy, and find a grace that will help in the time of trouble. And there you'll find a faithful high priest who is touched with the feeling of your infirmities. So that this reigning in life is because you have access to a throne of grace And, uh, you know, and that you can receive mercy and find a grace to help, but not only find something to help for yourself, but to minister that help to a world who is desperate for something. You know, uh, the world was given to us and we were told to rule it. He told him to have dominion. He says to Adam, you've got dominion. how as a bird can fly, as deep as a fish can swim. But Jesus now has a dominion higher than heavens and deeper than a fish can swim. He went even down into the abyss, into the deep, as I told you in the last segment, and has authority and dominion over everything, and even has the keys of hell and of death. And so what He's doing is restoring back to the believer through grace this dominion aspect. It was given to us, the earth was given to us and God told us to have dominion and to rule it. Uh, Why do bad things happen? Sometimes we ask uh, the question and sometimes we try to blame it on God and then we cop out and think, well, God is in control. Well, God is in uh, authority, but sometimes He doesn't control every aspect. Some things He put us in control of, or in authority of, because we're kings and priests and sometimes what He'll do is He will allow things until we learn how to rise up into our position and begin to change it. That's what Jesus did when He walked the planet, is He started everything He did, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. What He was doing is reversing everything that Adam had created in his fall. Jesus came and began to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out devils, to cleanse the leper, to set at liberty, them that were bruised. He came to ease the suffering of the human condition. And what we do most of the time is we allow the world and its culture to subdue and have dominion over us, rather than rise up in our identity and subdue and rule it. Because sometimes bad things happen to good people, because God's people are not setting in the place where they're supposed to, and ruling and reigning over the situations uh, of this thing. It's because we the kings are called to rule as vice regents in the earth in the name of the Father that we operate under. We are sons of a king in training for reigning. And I think as such we need to declare some things and stop allowing some things to happen in our families. We need to begin to make kingdom declarations over our planet, over our leadership, over our government. I think the problem has been we have so, the church has so disengaged that we are probably headed for, right now in this season, some perilous, dangerous times. And it is because everybody, not everybody, some folks and a large majority have been trained to evacuate rather than to occupy. And I believe the mandate is occupy. No matter what you believe about end times, he declares to us, occupy till I come. Now I could do a lot of stuff with that, but just some, just, just suffice to say, the I- emphasis here needs to be on Occupy, till I come. Fill some things. See, I think what, what, we need to understand is, is that, that the, the, the planet does not belong to the devil and his crowd. The planet belongs to Mr. and Mrs. Jesus Christ, and as co-heirs with him, and as vice regents in the earth, the only thing that gives you authority to operate in the earth is the fact that you've got an earth suit. He did not put the world to come in subjection to angels, he put it in subjection to a son. And so Jesus came and put on an earth suit to bring everything back under submission to himself, and now as sons and daughters of the king We have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness so we can reign in this life. And the first thing we learn to reign over, as we'll see as we go into chapter 6, is we learn how to reign over sin. Let not sin have dominion over you. Sin will no longer have dominion over you because you are not under law but under grace. If I turn that around, if you are under law, sin will have dominion over you. So it is grace that frees you. See we have far more to say of what goes on in this planet that we give ourselves credit for. If you don't think we uh what we believe matters you're probably missing the point. What we believe uh, the- theologically what we as the church believes affects what we do politically what happens in the middle east what happens in our culture and what has happened is in, instead of the uh people of god changing the culture We become a subculture, and we start to mimic the things that are in the world rather than being the trendsetters and the culture changers. And I believe there's an advancement that's coming as God's people begin to take their responsibility and operate in the earth. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 28 verse 18, then He said, all authority is given in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then He tells us in another place, go ye into all the world. So all authority had been given to Jesus. So he is the ultimate king. Watch this. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. So if he's the king of kings, there must be some kings. If he's the Lord of lords, there must be some lords. So if we are children of faith and we're children of Abraham, perhaps we're the kings that he's talking about. Even as you look in the book of Acts, right before Jesus ascended. They asked Him several times, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom back to Israel? And Jesus would say, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that's given into the Father's hands. And they would ask Him again, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom back to Israel? The last time Jesus gave that great commission, right before He ascended, He, 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 He turned to them and He says, They said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And this is what he says, but you will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes on you, and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in the uttermost part of the earth. So what he declares to them is, I'm going to restore the kingdom, but I'm going to do it through a people that are full of the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost is where the kingdom is located. It's righteousness, peace, and joy located in the Holy Ghost. And what we restore as kings and priests unto God is we restore righteousness, peace, and joy. We go forth with a message of reconciliation that I've already shared in the prior segments that says God has thrown wide open the door to both Jew and Gentile, and He has included them in the death-dealing, Uh, uh, power that Jesus dealt with when He died once for all, but was raised to the dead, raised from the dead to give us this resurrected life so that we could be a royal priesthood in the earth and we could reign in life to bring about change in this planet. And so, you know, the reality of it is, is that uh, that, that that God would give us a boldness to declare the gospel the way it should be declared, in, in the, and, and, and that an utterance could be given so that we could preach a message that would be inclusive to people to uh, begin to take the dominion that belongs to them. We, we, let, let me just look at a, a few things here. In, in, in Ephesians 2, 5, it says, "...in our union with Christ Jesus, He raised us up with Him to rule with Him in the heavenly places." Uh, He's not going to do that. See, we've been crucified. There's six steps to the throne. Crucified, died, buried. He was quickened, raised, and he's right now seated. But every one of them are realities that happened to Christ. But in our vicarious union with him, he was not only crucified, I was crucified with Christ. I died with him. That's all scripture. I am dead and my life is hid with Christ in God. I was buried with Him in baptism. I've been quickened according to the book of Ephesians. I've been raised with Him in the power of resurrected life, and I'm right now seated with Him. See, we've gone through a lot of those, but we never get to the seated with one. Far above all principalities and powers, and every name and might and dominion that is named, so that at the name of Jesus every knee must must bow, and every tongue must confess, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is a power that flows from realizing you are seated with Him in the heavenly places. That's your position. The problem isn't that we lack authority, the problem is that we don't walk in the authority God has given to us. Perhaps we think we're too young or too old, or we don't have enough training, or we need more anointing. Perhaps we're just sitting idly by, waiting for the end of the world. Whatever our excuse, the outcome is the same. When we abdicate our kingly role, people suffer. A treacherous enemy slithered into Adam's realm, and when he did nothing about it, humanity ended up on death row. Bad things happen because kings do nothing to stop them. When industries collapse and companies fold, it's easy to point the figure at corporate fat cats and sleeping watchdogs, but soldiers and slackers have always been with us and playing the blame game, solving nothing. A better question to ask is, where were... We where were the kings who rule with wisdom and justice? Unbelief th- thrives in a culture of victimhood, but faith brings the victory that overcomes the world. And John one five four says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Passive unbelief stays on the sidelines and doesn't lift a finger to help, but faith raises its head. It gives it, it, it gives. It shows up. It volunteers. It speaks out. It defends. It seeks to its minister justice in the name of righteous, as in the name of a righteous king. This is why it's so important for us to take our rightful place and start thinking like kings. We're called to have the mind of Christ. That doesn't just mean we think happy thoughts. That means that we're called to have a victorious perspective. We We have to give our Get. We have to get our thinking right. That's called the fight of faith. We must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We must have the heart of a king. We need to delight ourselves in the Lord, and He will give us the desire of our hearts. We need to begin to just rise up, uh, you know, uh, and 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 begin to reign. I think sometimes uh, we live like that because, uh, you know, this isn't rocket science, folks. If if there was little evidence of the grace of God in our life, that doesn't mean that God is tight-fisted. Far from it. It means you haven't received from the abundant provision of grace. The incalculable riches of grace have been deposited into your account, but you haven't made any withdrawals through faith. I don't say that to belittle your faith, but to recognize that most of us have been raised in a culture of unbelief. Well, let me go on down through here, because there's some things that I I want you to see, uh, that as we begin to uh, approach what God has for us, that we begin to not live just these meager lives, but we begin to live the supernatural life. We begin to live the ascended life. We begin to take our rightful place on the throne. We begin to approach the throne of grace with confidence, knowing that God is for us and not against us. Let me just uh, read you this scripture, Daniel 11, verse 32, said, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I believe that as kings and priests, we represent the kingdom of God in manifesting His power in a lot of different ways you know, let me just uh, read this part of my note here. It says, whether you're a housewife or a president, the primary way in which you act as a king is by revealing the gospel of the kingdom. That doesn't mean taking to a pulpit with a three-point sermon, although if you're called to that, you know, go for it. But Jesus revealed the good news of the kingdom simply by being Himself at synagogues, weddings, lakeside picnics, wherever Jesus went, the kingdom went. Freedom, healing, joy, and delivers followed in His wake. What follows in your wake? For most depression and addiction. But see, I'm telling you, to reveal the good news of the kingdom requires that you do nothing more than reveal Jesus. The King is inseparable from His kingdom. Bring the Lord of life to bear on whatever problem you're facing, and you inevitably release a grace, the supernatural history-changing influence of the Holy Spirit. In other words, this is for ordinary people doing ordinary things. It's not for glow-in-the-dark preachers. You know, my mom and dad probably did more uh, by raising us into the things of God, and to teach us, you know, when when we were home in uh, the times when we were growing up and, 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 and poor, and uh, family of seven children, and uh, didn't seem like there was anything going on. We we hardly left the the hill we were on, but the Lord was training us. And in those environments, there was some things that God was putting in our heart that now our family is literally touching the world. And I want to uh, close this segment today by talking about some declarations, because uh, a friend of mine, Pastor Ben Daly, uh, I heard him teach some, uh, a few things on this subject, and he said, I, I want to make some decrees over you. Because as de- as kings, uh, we have the authority to make some decrees, and you need to make some decrees over your life. And so I'm just going to read some of these decrees that he wrote down. I asked him if I could share them. He said, absolutely. You're a saint, a trophy of Christ's victory. You're born again of imperishable seed. You're a new creation, complete in Christ and perfect forever. You're a child of God, the apple of your father's eye. You're one with the Lord in the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're eternally redeemed and completely forgiven. You're seated with Christ in heavenly realms. You're dead to sin and alive to God. You're free from guilt and condemnation. You're righteous, holy, blameless. You're healed and you're strong in the Lord. You're hidden in Christ and eternally secure. You're loved with an everlasting love, and you're highly favored. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing and joint heirs with Christ. You're a bona fide, qualified, chosen, and anointed. You're His royal ambassador, a missionary to the world. You're a stranger on earth, a citizen of a city whose maker is God. You're a king and a priest, and a carrier of the Lord's authority. You're a healer of the sick and a demon's worst nightmare. You're as bold as a lion, and more than that, you're a conqueror. And by the grace of God, you are what you are. Believe it, you're a king. Now live like it. I'm telling you, that's powerful. We are kings and priests, and what all of this work has done, the deliverance stage, is so that you can reign in life by one, Christ Jesus. The door's wide open, step in, and by faith, receive what God has for you. We're out of time again, but thank you again for joining us. If you would like to partner with us and help us take the gospel of grace, the gospel of the kingdom around the world, please go to the website right there. It's the easiest way to do it, and there is a place where you can give through our PayPal portal, through your credit card or debit card, you can give a one-time gift, or you can sign up for a monthly uh, gift or debit. You can also give by sending a check or money order to the address that will come up on the screen, or you can call the number that's on the screen. Someone will take your call. If you don't get an answer, please leave a message. We will call you back. Or you can scan the QR code. It will take you directly to a link where you can give. But do it today. We need your help. God bless you. Thank you for joining us again this week.